You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast with Katherine Banco. I'm on a mission to celebrate breakthrough, empowerment, and shameless living in the lives of women everywhere. Join me and let's live unashamed together. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 11 of season four of Heart and Soul. I am joined today by Alexandra Carter, who is a wellness coach and certified eating, intuitive eating counselor. Um, And I'm really excited to get to know her today and for y'all to get to know her a little bit better. Welcome to the podcast, Alexandra. Thank you, Catherine. It's so good to be here. Yeah, it's awesome to meet you. I love connecting with women who have um, kind of I call it like come to the light <laughs> of like what is true about food, our bodies, how we consume, what we consume. Mm. Um, so I'm excited to kind of hear your story. Would you mind letting our listeners um, just telling them a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Um, so I am, like you said, an intuitive eating counselor and health and well being coach. And Um, I kind of came into this profession from an interesting angle, I guess. Um, I started, I spent 10 years living in New York City as an actor and I was, you know, a self-proclaimed perfectionist and people pleaser and overachiever. Um, And I really, being an actor, you know, my body was my instrument and it was my tool uh, and it was my business as well. And so I got really good at using my body. And I don't mean that in (laughs) like a weird way or anything, but it became a part of my project. Another way to, you know, achieve or aim for perfection and be, you know, palatable to other people in a lot of ways, instead of experiencing life from the inside, I was watching myself from the outside. And um, I think I started to realize that something wasn't right about that, really in my experience observing other people because I was surrounded by so many, you know, women and men and people that I was so inspired and amazed by, but all of their time and energy and money was spent on whittling away at themselves and, you know, spending hours at the gym and, you know, obsessing over what they ate. I think that it just felt like there was so much more to the people around me. And then I kind of turned that mirror back on myself and realized I had lost so much of myself to this never ending obsession with how I looked and how I presented to the world. Um, And that, kind of left me shocked and, and I guess looking for something else. And it led me to this world of intuitive eating and body image healing and really honoring who I am and who the people are around me for all that makes them them instead of this outside, you know, self-objectification. Yeah. And And yeah, so I think that that's what led me here. And the more I learned and grew, the more I became passionate about sharing it with other people because everybody deserves to feel comfortable in their own skin, fulfilled in their life and able to reach their fullest potential without those barriers that, you know, keep them small when they should be expansive. Mm. 
Mm, I love that. <laughs> I can I can really relate in that I think, or from my experience, I believe mm. that a lot of people who do kind of fall into that like hamster wheel of obsessing about your body are more on the perfectionist side. Mm -hmm. Um, people who maybe are a little more type a, who Mm -hmm. like control, who, Mm -hmm. um, are doers, planners that just that kind of like type a mentality. That's who that's me, (laughs) like totally (laughs) me. And then what I think is like really cool and different about your story is that you, what you said about your body kind of was used for your career, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. as a performer, people aren't just hearing you like they Mm -hmm. hear us on this podcast right now, but they're seeing you and they're critiquing you. So it's not just like, oh, I'm up here and I'm just like letting loose and having fun on the stage or behind the camera. It's these, I, my, um, worth in this business comes from what other people think of me. So Mm -hmm. there's that added layer of, whoa, like, yeah extra depth thinking about (laughs) your body. (laughs) And I cannot imagine because I already feel very self-conscious still at times as a fitness coach, Mm -hmm. um, being like, I don't know if I'm not in my, if I don't feel like I'm in my best shape and I'm like demoing Mm -hmm. a movement and I'm can't lift a certain weight. Like I judge myself Mm -hmm. and nobody else around me is judging me, but in your career, everyone around you is judging your work. (laughs) And it's based off your body, a lot of it. So that's yeah. just a lot of extra baggage, I'm sure. Yeah, it, it totally is. And I think that that's, you know, another sort of aspect of the work that I do now is really fighting to kind of change some of that. Because, you know, when you take a snapshot of, you know, I don't know, people in the world, everyone is different. Everyone's body is different period, yeah, <laughs> you know, 100%. like genetically speaking, scientifically speaking, we are all in literally different bodies. And so to expect a cookie cutter sort of snapshot is just not realistic. And so changing the standards that we see represented in entertainment and media and all of that, but also like in our own lives, understanding that everybody's body is different. And that is a wonderful thing. Like that's a beautiful thing. And that's how it's meant to be. That's natural, normal, beautiful, you know, all of those things and, and really trying to shift the standards that, Mm -hmm. you know, we're, we judge ourselves by, but that also like in, you know, theater we're judged by. Yeah, absolutely. We, um, that's why I love the model of intuitive eating because what works for you and your body is not necessarily what will work for someone else. So it truly is like tuning in and being like, yeah. okay, what's best for me. And mm-hmm. also realizing that like, if you and I ate the same things every single day and worked out the same style, same amount of time every single day, and we're the same amount of activity, activity based or whatever mm-hmm. would not look the same. It's yeah. just, we're not supposed to. And so to think that there's some formula that you just like type it in, put it into practice. And then voila, here's your body is, it's just 
not true. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite memes. I don't know if it's called a meme or not. I think it's a meme. I don't know. I get all the gifts, memes, everything confused. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite memes that goes around um, by a lot of like um, intuitive eating dietitians that I follow is where mm-hmm. it says like, if um, you, if what you're eating is make, or if you, if by listening to your body and eating when you're hungry makes you gain weight, then that's probably at the weight you should have been. It's I'm paraphrasing, but like, yeah, it's something yeah. like that because like, just because you're eating the same as someone else doesn't mean you should look the same as someone else. And if you're eating based off your hunger and you are gaining weight, then your body was probably in a little bit of starvation mode because Mm -hmm. of limiting it. I'm off on a tangent now, but no, it's so true. I think that your background is pretty, is really fascinating. I'm also like obsessed with actors. It's like this weird thing where (laughs) like I wanted to be an actor when I was like in middle school and then like never pursued it. And now I like put all of that passion into just like obsessing over pop culture and celebrities. So the fact that someone like makes that their career is just like really cool to me. So you're cool. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So you said that there was like this point where you kind of hit a breaking point and you were like, I'm going to study intuitive eating. How did you mm-hmm. find out about intuitive eating to even step into that? Yeah, it was actually an, a complete accident. Um, I had no intention of, you know, becoming an intuitive eating counselor, you know, shifting my focus, um, in that way, but I actually, it was right at the beginning of the pandemic, um, back in, what was it? March of 2020. Um, I feels like a hundred years ago at this point, (laughs) truly a hundred million years ago. Um, I was out in Arizona on a contract doing a show and it got canceled because everything shut down and we got flown home and it was the first time in a long time that I didn't have a job and I was stuck inside at the time, my one bedroom, New York city apartment with my husband. Um, and it was kind of like, like all of these thoughts had been stirring in my head. I had been sort of investigating different avenues of health and wellness and how to sort of honor, you know, your individuality and your preferences and all of those things. And I, I just hadn't stumbled upon intuitive eating. Um, and one day on, I think it was Instagram. I just came upon a coach, a health and wellness coach, and I just really jived with her message and her, you know, the way that she talked, I got on the phone with her. We really connected and I ended up working with her. And it just so happened that she was an intuitive eating counselor, um, and kind of opened the doors to this world for me. And I was like, Oh, this is the missing piece. This is Mm -hmm. what, I needed to know about, and this is what I need to share with other people as well, because it's, it's just like you were saying, like, it's so individually based and it gives so much room for people to get to know, connect and explore themselves that there's really no way you can, it it can fail for lack of a better word, because it's about you know, you as an individual growing to your fullest potential with your body as your teammate, instead of working against it. Mm, That's good. Your body as your teammate. I'm writing that down. Mm. (laughs) Teammate. Um, 
One thing, sorry, you can probably hear this on the mic and I'm sorry, listeners, I'm not perfect. Okay. Um, (laughs) One thing that I really love about what you have words that you have used, maybe without even realizing it about your title is using um, the word well-being coach, Mm -hmm. using Mm -hmm. the word counselor, because it's not necessarily when you meet with an intuitive eating dietitian or a counselor that you're going to just be given this like meal plan. And like, here you go, Mm. run with it. This is what you do. Follow this and ABC, whatever. And you're good. (laughs) Um, but it's more so like, let's investigate who you are, where Mm. you're at, what are some mental blocks for you? Um, and then once you like break down those walls and, and those barriers, then you can start to kind of investigate, okay, well, what is good for me? food wise, what is good for me movement wise. And not, not just like good for me based off what the world says, but like, what is good for me based off like what me and my counselor have sat down and evaluated. So I really like that you use those words. I haven't heard a lot of, um, coaches, intuitive eating coaches use the word counselor. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really like well-being because it really is like a whole body experience of just like feeling well. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I can't take credit. (laughs) Those are both what my certifications are. (laughs) I love it. But I love that. I just never see, I feel like I rarely see that. I see dietitian a lot. I see, Mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with those words. It's just cool to see like counselor and Mm -hmm. I don't know. It would be cool if like I changed my title to like movement counselor instead of like like fitness (laughs) coach. Um, Okay. So what, something that I really want to dive deeper into with you is about finding authentic self-love. Mm. Um, something that it says on, I think your website about not just finding, not just having like spa days and like bath mm-hmm. bombs and like doing quick fixes for finding self-love, but what it means to like go deeper mm. kind of dive into that and, and explain to our listeners how you discovered this truth. Yeah, I think I I kind of discovered this because a lot of times I think self-love can feel very performative in a way, like, mm-hmm. you know, not to double back to performance, but <laughs> it can feel like something that you're doing kind of as a, a gesture or like a great, you know, like it in inauthentic, I guess is the yeah. best word. Um, and, and I think a lot of people feel really uncomfortable with the idea of self-love because I think it can feel really selfish when we're used to doing things for other people. It can feel like really daunting to like take time for ourselves or set aside time for ourselves. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think I, I started to sort of look into and experiment with self-love um, as a way of really deepening the connection that we have with ourselves and recognizing that just like any loving relationship, loving yourself takes work and practice and trust and all of these like deeper, more meaningful things that we don't usually get to connect to self-love. Like Mm self-love usually means like treat yourself, which is wonderful. And there's nothing wrong with that, but why, you know, with a partner, do we say like, 
love takes work and patience and care but with ourselves it should just be like go out and buy get your nails done Hmm. um so you know I think that that was kind of my way in and and it sort of grew into this idea that I think authentic self-love is making the choice to treat yourself with care and respect and compassion even when you don't feel loving towards yourself Mm. um and and not about you know I mean, of course, like I said, you can, those grand gestures doing special things for yourself is like an added bonus if it feels genuine, but more so it's about in those more difficult moments, like taking a step back and saying, how can I be kind to myself right now? And how can I show up? Like I'm thinking about my husband and I, like there are, I love him so much. Obviously I married him, but there are some days where we both like probably get on each other's nerves. We don't necessarily like, like each other in the moment. (laughs) Um, but that doesn't mean that I just stop showing up for him in our relationship and vice versa. It just means like, it's just a more difficult day, but I still need to show up for him. Like we still need to like be a team going back to your body as your teammate. Like Mm -hmm. you still need to show up for yourself regardless of if you want to one and two, if it looks like what the media projects mm-hmm. as like self-love, like yeah. getting your nails done or getting <laughs> right. right. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. I love that idea of, of showing up even in the moments where it feels more difficult or maybe especially in the moments where it feels more difficult, especially. Yeah. Still showing up regardless. Yeah. Um, I follow this, podcast where the, one of the hosts says something like she calls it Tanya time. Her name's Tanya Mm. and she schedules an hour a day Mm. for herself. And it's like, whether it's movement or going to the farmer's market, cause she loves that or taking Mm -hmm. a bath, like something like not in the, not in her work schedule basically, or in her agenda. It's her time. It's like a meeting with yourself. And that's something that I kind of explained to my clients too, with like, no, I just like, don't have time, or I just don't want to take the time to move my body or to do this or to do that. I'm like, okay, well, would you cancel a meeting with, uh, like for business? Like, would you schedule a meeting on your, on your, a zoom meeting with your boss and then just not show up? Yeah, probably not. So if you look at this hour or 30 minutes or whatever it is you've set aside Mm -hmm. as like a meeting that is on your schedule with yourself and like, you got to show up, you got to show up for yourself. Yeah. So yeah, like schedule it in. I have, I just had a baby and I, well, not just now, I guess it's been six months, but it feels like (laughs) I just had it. Um, and I felt real, I've been feeling really guilty about Mm -hmm. still taking time for just me without my baby. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like a universal thing. Mom guilt is what it's called, but I, um, once I did start to do that, I realized Mm -hmm. how much better of a mom I was Mm -hmm. because, so it's not selfish to not spend time with my baby. It's actually selfless because I'm refilling my cup to be able to pour out better for him. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that metaphor of, you know, keeping your cup full so that you have, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) whatever's in your cup to give to others. Yeah. 
Um, and I think that the other thing about it, especially for people that, you know, this might be a new thing or like scheduling time for yourself or, you know, just choosing to show up for yourself might be new and uncomfortable. Like, I think one of my favorite things to support people with is starting small. Like, I really like to say, instead of zooming out and trying to like change your life instantly or change your practice or, you know, anything, what if you like zoomed in and did the smallest amount possible for yourself, because then it feels manageable and achievable. And you can build on that Mm -hmm. once you are seeing the benefits, you know, like I always say, if, even if it's five minutes, at least you're doing a little more than you did the day before. Totally. It takes the pressure away too, especially from people who, well, I feel like women, I can only relate to women because I am one, but like (laughs) people who I guess experience shame or, Mm -hmm. um, failure from not following through, like it takes that pressure away. Like it has to be an hour or Mm. it has to be this. It's kind of like, um, instead of cooking it in the microwave and instead of cooking self-love in the microwave, you got to put it in the oven and let it just like, (laughs) you know, like give it some time, give it some time. Exactly. Exactly. I think that that's so true. It's, you know, again, like another, maybe, I don't know, slightly corny, like turn of phrase is it's a practice, not a personality trick. So it's mm-hmm. something that you grow and work on and, you know, find your way in, which is different for everybody. Um, but it's not something that has to be like intrinsically known to you. Yeah. My, um, husband is like the most disciplined human being on the mm. planet. <laughs> and sometimes it's like really annoying. Cause I'm like, dang it. Like I will never, <laughs> I will never measure <laughs> up. Um, and, but we go to couples counseling and our counselor mm. said, um, something, okay. I'm going to totally butcher the word, but it's about like rewiring your brain mm. by putting practices in it's like neuro something. Um, but he was saying, he used the example of like, when your son was just born and you were just learning how to like make bottles and when to make them and how to store them and how to clean them. Like it probably felt so like such a daunting task for you to do and just like a little chaotic, confusing, not smooth at all. Mm -hmm. And now here you are like six months in and it's like second nature. Like you don't even think about it. It's like, you could make yeah. bottles while doing something else. And it's like, not even a thought you could clean them, blah, blah. It takes two seconds instead of 20 minutes. Yeah. Like, that's kind of what it's like for putting practices into your marriage of like communication. Like mm-hmm. instead of attacking, you just practice saying each day, like, um, this is how, this is what what, if this happened today, this is what would, uh, this is how it would make me feel. Or Mm -hmm. if this happened today, this would be a good day. So Mm -hmm. it's just like putting those baby steps into where like one day we can look back and it's just so natural to us to ask those things, to speak in those ways that it just becomes part of our like neurological, I don't know. Yeah. Smart thing. Yeah. Brain. Yeah. (laughs) pathway something pathway yeah neuro pathway neuro pathway that's it I believe that's it that's it I got there it took me a while but I got there doesn't matter it was perfect yeah thanks (laughs) so yeah basically baby steps yeah yes 
Exactly. Baby steps. It makes me think of there's a creator on TikTok. Um, I can't remember her name, which is killing me. I feel, I feel badly about that, but she like makes little like jingles. And one of the jingles that she made was something about how you have to suck at something before you can be moderately good at it. (laughs) Yeah. It's so true. And it's true. So, so true. And I'm sure anyone who you see that you're maybe like comparing your Mm. life to in some way and you're just like, they're the best. They sucked at it for a little bit. You know, they were not good. They had to (laughs) suck in order to get there. So don't compare yourself to the end result. Like, yeah. Don't compare yourself at all, but like, just realize and anything good takes hard work. Yeah. Agreed. Well, that's, I mean, I've loved talking with you. I have four questions that I have that I ask every single guest. So I'm going to ask you those before we log off. And then I'm going to give you a chance to let the listeners know where they can find you and connect with you. Um, My first question is what is something that you're really obsessed with right now? It can be anything. Okay. There's a brand of cold brew coffee that you can get. I think at like most grocery stores called Stoke S T O K. And I cannot stop drinking it. It's so good. S T O K. Yes. Okay. Writing that down. Awesome. I love coffee. I'm on my third cup today. So (laughs) honestly my lifesaver most days. So I'm definitely going to pick that up. Stoke coffee. Um, All right. Next question is what's something that you're really looking forward to in 2022? Um, my husband and I just bought a house. Um, yeah, our first house and I am really excited. We, I mentioned before we lived in a one bedroom, New York city apartment. So we have like almost no furniture, like a bed and a love seat couch in an entire house. Um, so I'm really excited to, discover what our like interior design style, like get furniture, all those things I'm really looking forward to. When my husband and I bought our house, we like had no furniture. And, and a lot of the furniture that we did have was like hand-me-downs that were given to us. It wasn't things that we picked out. So it was really fun, especially in my like living area to like create my own space. Yeah. That's exciting. Good for you for finding a house in this market. It is bonkers out there. It's bonkers. We got so unbelievably lucky. Like we, we knew it was bonkers and we were like, okay, we'll just start looking as like a someday kind of thing. Yeah. You know, just in case and to start getting to know what we wanted and figuring out the whole mortgage thing. Cause that was wild too. Um, and then by accident, the first day we looked at houses, we like stumbled upon our dream house and on a whim, like put in an offer. And even though there were offers that were higher than ours and like, you know, we, they, they picked us. I still don't know how I'm pinching myself. It was meant to be. It was meant to be. That's so exciting. Um, okay. Next question is what is something that you really love about yourself? Oh, I love my spontaneity. Um, One of my favorite things is to like explore and find new places and things and, you know, try different things. So I love, especially now that we live not in New York city and we have a car, I love to like hop in the car on the weekends and just like drive somewhere new and see what we can find to do. That's different and exciting. 
I love that. I feel like I used to do that way more when I was like in high school and college. Like I would just Mm. get in my car and drive and just kind of explore. And I really don't do that anymore. I need to start doing that again. Yeah. Okay. Final, (laughs) final question is if you could leave our listeners with one little nugget of wisdom today and truth bomb, what would that be? Oh, um, I think what just popped into my head that I would leave them with is in, you know, we can be so self-judgmental. We can put so much judgment and criticism and critique on ourselves. Um, maybe, to try and replace some of that judgment with a curiosity mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that when you are curious and open to learning, you can achieve so much more and understand so much more and then support yourself so much better. Yeah. Replace judgment with curiosity. Yeah. That's so good. <laughs> I love that. No one said that yet. I really love that. Um, Thanks. I also, going back to what is something that you really love about yourself without trying to make this superficial, you have some of the best eyebrows I've ever seen. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Just going to, just going to like throw that out there. I've been thinking the whole time, like how does she get her eyebrows so perfect? Um, so just (laughs) next time someone asks you that question, just like do a physical and like non-physical and do eyebrows for sure. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, okay. Where can my listeners find you if they want to connect with you? What's the best way? Thank you. Yeah. I'm intuitively Alexandra on Instagram. My website is intuitivelyalexandra.com. Um, and TikTok as well, intuitively Alexandra across all platforms. (laughs) Wow. You really nailed it. That's a great handle. And the fact that you got it all over is just insane. Thank you. I, I worked, I worked on that. I didn't, yes. I mean, actually, I think I just got lucky. Maybe it was meant to be again, but meant nobody to be. had taken it yet. <laughs> just like the house. Um, exactly. Well, I, I've loved connecting with you and I'm going to put all those um, links to connect with Alexandra in the show notes. So listeners, mm. if you want to go follow her, just click on the show notes and it'll link you straight to her profile. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Thanks, Catherine. I hope to talk to you again soon. And listeners, I will talk to you next week. Bye.